0: heavenly father we thank you for these truths that jesus is risen ascended seated and is coming back we pray father that as we consider these truths from your word hard as they may be to hear for you know some parts of it that you would help us to listen to your word and seek to live in light of these truths we pray this in jesus name amen well it's hard to obey somebody when they're not present isn't it Picture the classroom with no teacher. You know, the teacher steps out of the room and all of a sudden it's a bit noisier, a bit rowdier, isn't it? And it feels a bit the same with obeying the risen and ascended Christ. Christ, who's no longer in this world, but in heaven. Jesus rose from the dead, we're told, he ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of God as ruler, as our reading in Hebrews described. Jesus is alive, is risen and rules now but it can be hard to follow him can't it it can be hard to, to obey him just like that teacher who stepped out of the room jesus ascended to heaven has that kind of a sense of distance there's less accountability less incentive to follow it's easier to give in to our selfish and sinful desires because jesus isn't present among us in, in person And this also plays out when we talk with people who don't yet trust Jesus. People say things like, well, I'd believe him if I saw him. Jesus being in heaven makes it difficult for people to see that they actually need to turn to him. He is the ruler. He is the ruler, but the fact that he's not personally present can make people kind of put him out of mind. To not think that they need to engage with him. But he is the risen ruler and people need to turn to him and obey him jesus is risen and he is ruler so we need to obey him and we need to help others see that they need to turn to him as their ruler as well and so we have this reminder this morning of jesus as ascended ruler who will return, and it's an important reminder for us And it all follows from that historical fact that Jesus is risen, which we'll kind of come back to at the end. So to think about Jesus' risen rule, we're going to just step through those bits of the Apostles' Creed. He is ascended, he is seated, and he's coming back to judge. So first, Jesus is ascended. Of course, this is recorded for us by eyewitnesses in the book of Acts. Jesus' disciples watch him physically go into heaven. And we're told that in heaven he takes a seat at God's right hand. Three things to say here. First, Jesus' ascension answers that question of where Jesus is now. He's in heaven. So where is heaven then? I don't know. We know it's not just up in space or something like this. Someone someone in my growth group this week said that um, when the Russians first put a man into space, they said, we're up here and there's no heaven, kind of to the propaganda of Russian um, communist atheism. It's not just about space, but it is a location where God is. Jesus is in heaven. Second, Jesus is there physically. He is there physically in his resurrected body. Now, this is an important point to make because if Jesus isn't there physically in his full humanity and full divinity, then he won't be, wouldn't be able to be our advocate and mediator with God the Father. Thirdly, it means that this Jesus, who is seated at God's right hand, is our perfect mediator. He's the perfect one to intercede on our behalf, not only because he's fully human like we are, But this perfect mediator mediator is at the Father's side. The perfect position for him to advocate on our behalf. Like having the ear of the person who has an ear of the King. We have an in with our Creator God. Jesus is our direct line to God. And of course this is the reason that we can offer our prayers to, to our Heavenly Father confident that god hears them we pray to god the father through jesus our mediator our perfect risen and ascended mediator by the power of the spirit and so as the risen jesus is seated at god's sorry as the risen jesus is seated at the father's right hand we have confidence to bring our prayers to our heavenly father the risen jesus is ascended Second, the risen Jesus is also seated. We're told that not only is Jesus in the heavenly throne room, but he is seated at God's right hand. Now this picture of sitting at God's right hand is a picture of rule, Jesus' rule. He is God's right hand man, if you like. He is seated on the throne as God's ruler. And there are a couple of things that we can take away from this Jesus' sitting down to rule first it shows that christ's work on the cross is completely done as we had in that a reading from hebrews in verse 3 of hebrews 1 after he had provided purification for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven jesus work of saving his people is done it is complete it is finished and so he is able to sit on his throne like sitting down to enjoy a cold drink after you've mowed the lawn the work is done and so the truth of the risen jesus ascended to heaven seated at the right hand of god gives us assurance of our salvation we know the work is done completely done second jesus sitting at the right hand of the father shows us that jesus has sat down to rule in Ephesians one, it says this: God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given. Not only, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Jesus is seated as ruler, ruler over all. And so that picture before about Jesus having a you know a cold drink as he's appreciating his freshly mown lawn is not quite right. Jesus is not just sitting down to kind of rest and enjoy the fruit of his labour. It's slightly more than that because Jesus' work isn't done. His work of salvation is done, but his work of rule has just begun. Like the conquering king, who after victory can take his seat on the throne rather than the saddle of the war horse. Jesus is the one who God has established as ruler over all. He has his, all his enemies put under his feet. They are bowing the knee to him as ruler. And that bowing of the knee is something that everyone will do. It's what Philippians 2 tells us. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The risen Jesus is the ruler. And he's the ruler over all. There's no one or no situation over which he is not the king. And so that means that he's the one to obey. And Jesus rules today through his word. We listen to what our risen ruler says in his word and we seek to live by it. But that sometimes can be hard to do when it doesn't seem like Jesus is ruling. I mean, while his rule is established in heaven, it doesn't feel very established in the here and now, does it? The answer to this question is that we live in the now and not yet. We live in the now, but also in the light of the not yet, the secure future that Jesus is coming as king. So I'll take a moment to think about this now, not yet idea. We know... That Jesus is ruling right now in heaven. But we still don't see that rule exercised in our day to day. People still ignore Jesus, they still disobey him. So, what's going on? Well, this is this concept that we call the now and not yet. Jesus truly is raised and is truly ruling now. But his rule is not fully realized, there is a not yet component. While Jesus truly is the ruler, we still wait for his full and complete rule to be established in the not yet in the future. It's kind of like a prime minister who's, or a coming upcoming prime minister, who's won the election. So it's clear they're going to be the new leader, but they're not yet installed as the prime minister. So they're not leading yet. They are the new leader, but we wait for their full leadership to be established. The same with Jesus. He is ruler. And so we should obey him in the here and now. But as we do so, we also wait for his, road to, for his rule to be fully and completely established in the future. We obey him now because we know he rules. And we will see that fully come to fruition in the future. We're acting now in light of something that we don't fully see until later. It's like when you go to the doctor and you get the vaccines you need for the holiday that you're going to have. You get the rabies jab now, not because you're surrounded by rabid monkeys in the moment, or dogs, but because of the future reality where you'll need that rabies jab when you are surrounded by rabid monkeys. Don't go on holiday there. Um, You act now in the light of something that you'll see fully realised later. And so we live in obedience to Jesus now, now, As we wait for that full establishment of his rule in the not yet. And so we listen to his word. And we seek to put it in practice now. And that means that we put ourselves in places where we will hear from God's word. And where we will be encouraged to live it out by those around us. The value of both hearing from God's word and being in a community which seeks uh, to live for God is so important in a world that doesn't... uh, Follow Jesus' rule. And as because as we live lives that follow Jesus, sometimes it's going to look really weird to the world around us. For instance, in the realm of sexual ethics. The Christian view, Jesus' view on sex and marriage, is seen as outdated and even wrong in our world today. But we stick by Jesus' teaching, not because... We want to be traditionalists or we're conservative or we just want to do what our parents did and believed or what our friends believe. But we stick with it because this is what Jesus thinks. He is the ruler over everyone and everything, including how we use our bodies and how we relate to one another. He is ruler now. And one day, not yet, but a day that is coming... On that day, Jesus' right rule will be fully established and it will be clear to all that his views on sex and marriage are right. And so we live in obedience to Jesus and his word now because he is the ruler in heaven. And we know that one day the risen Jesus is coming back. Jesus is risen and Jesus will return. And when he does, everyone will know. Matthew 24 talks about Jesus' return and a bit of it is described here, verse 27. For as lightning comes from the east is visible, even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Like that flash of lightning that brightens up the dark sky and everybody sees it, Jesus' return will be known to all. And on that day, he comes to establish his rule fully. And part of that rule is judgment. John 5 says this, And God has given Jesus authority to judge, because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. When Jesus returns, all will rise. Christian, non-Christian, good, bad, dead a long time or just just died, all will be brought back to life and all will give an account to God. And some will receive a judgement that accords with what they have done. Others who have trusted in Jesus will be spared judgment because Jesus has paid it for them, and they will get life. This is that terrifying day that the Isaiah passage we read to us before speaks about. Those who have not turned to obey Jesus before his return will face God as judge. There's no way to sugarcoat this, they will be sent to hell the place of God's judgment. It's a place of eternal regret and sorrow where you know God as judge, not as loving father. This day is coming. The risen Jesus is coming back to fully establish his reign. But we're told in 2 Peter that Jesus' return is delayed to allow people to turn back to him because when Jesus comes back the time to turn back to him will be gone that window of opportunity closed it's kind of like when you miss out on the cheap flights last year, sorry a bit of a gear change Um, last year we were looking for flights to the UK to go back for my brother's wedding and at one point there were these really great flights that were on sale, like on sale, whatever they were cheap with Singapore air and I was like oh that's great but they only have those cheap flights for a short time don't they and then the price jumps up and so I missed those Singapore flights and I had to get other ones Um, I missed that window of opportunity we have a window of, of opportunity now to tell people about Jesus the time is now to tell people about Jesus and tell them that they need to bow the knee to him as ruler for there's a day coming when he will return and he will call out names, the names of those who are spared judgment and will be taken with him to be in heaven. And whether you go to be with Jesus or whether you face his judgment, that is decided now. There's actually a song that speaks about this moment. I'm not going I'm I'm to sing it to you. Um, But I'll read read it. There's a voice that pierced the grave, a power that rolled the stone away, the sound of life. I know I'm saved. The voice of God has called my name, so I will rise and in the air behold the glory of the King. I will not fear to meet him there. I know my life is hid with him. For God's people, this verse is a wonderful reminder of what will happen on that day. Rise in the air, not fear to meet the king, because my life is hid with him. But this day will not be good for all. Some will not want to meet Jesus on that day. They will fear to meet him on that day. I was at a conference a few years ago, and this idea of Jesus' return was brought up in the talks. And the speaker spoke about how Jesus will call out names on that day. And he asked us whether the names of the people we knew would be called on that day. And as I considered what he said, I broke down in tears. I'm not a big crier, but I was moved by the thought of my brother, who lives in the UK. He doesn't follow Jesus. And I live so far from him, I don't get much opportunity to talk with him and so I, I don't have those opportunities to share the gospel with him and I was feeling really overwhelmed. Will his name be called on that last day? And thankfully I was with a pastor at the conference who was sitting next to me and he gave me some really wise counsel. So even though I was feeling very overwhelmed by it all and my inability to you know, talk to my brother and he told me, remember that it's God who is the one who saves so pray and that's been my prayer ever since praying for opportunities that I might have of which I've had a few over the years and praying that God would raise people around him to share the gospel with him we are in the window of opportunity now and so we pray we ask that God because it is God who is the one who calls his people And we look for every opportunity we can to tell people to turn to Jesus. We look for every opportunity, even creating opportunities, if we must. And so... Sorry, I've just lost my point. Pace. And so... Because this is the window of opportunity and we need to look for every opportunity we can, don't put off the invite or the conversation. It can be so easy to to let those opportunities to talk about Jesus kind of pass by and we think, oh well, I'll I'll get to it next time. I didn't think to invite them to that event or service. Oh well, I'll get to I'll invite them next year. We don't know when the window of opportunity will close. Easter is coming in a few weeks. Don't put off an invite. This is too urgent to be stopped by social embarrassment. We are in the window of opportunity now and so we must pray and we must act. The risen Jesus is coming back and on that day it will be too late to turn to him and be forgiven. All will bow the knee, some willingly, some unwillingly. But all will bow the knee. So we must pray and act now. The risen Jesus is ascended. He is seated in power and he will return to bring judgment and establish his rule. It's good to be reminded of these truths at moments like this, isn't it? But how do we keep this truth front and centre? How do we keep remembering that Jesus is ruling now? Well, we remember that we have a risen ruler. It can be hard to obey Jesus when he's not present amongst us. And that future rule sort of seems a bit abstract and far off, doesn't it? So how do we keep remembering that Jesus is the risen ruler that we are to obey in the here and now? Well, I think we remember that Jesus is our risen ruler. We hold on to the fact, the historical fact, that Jesus is risen from the dead. And as we remember this, we remember that he is risen to rule. This is where I go when I have those doubts and I'm tempted to ignore Jesus' rule in my day to day. Do I think he rose from the dead? That's the question I ask myself. And if he is risen, then he is ruler. And he is coming back. Though the teacher has left the room for the moment, they are coming back. Jesus is risen. And so he is ruler and he is coming back. And so I need to listen to him and obey him. And I need to help others listen to him and obey him and help others turn to him as ruler and put their trust in him. This is what we all need to do. Jesus is our risen ruler. So let's obey him and help others to obey him as well. Let's pray that we would do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus is risen and seated at your right hand now. Thank you that we can come to you in prayer because Jesus intercedes on our behalf to you. Please help us to keep Jesus' rule in mind as we live our lives now. Help us to know that Jesus is our risen ruler and so live lives that obey him. Please, Father, work in the hearts of those we know and love who don't yet trust Jesus. Please give us opportunities to share the gospel with them. Please, would you work in their hearts to turn them to obedience in Christ, to put their trust in Jesus. Please, Father, save them. Amen.